0: Tonight, uh, I fully intend to preach the gospel, and like the book of, I believe, Mark, the fourth chapter says, I'm going to believe that God would confirm his word tonight with signs following. How many can agree with that? Yes. All right, so we're just going to believe for that. There, there's still lots taking place, so if you need to stand up as God touches your body, you just receive your healing, that's normal. And... Uh, I believe that one of the things that the Lord is going to do over the next uh, at least 10 to 12 years, he's going to redefine what it means to be a normal gathering in the purposes of God. But uh, I was drawn uh, this week uh, to a word that the Lord gave me on December the 27th, 2022, and we included it in this compilation that we called word for 2023 you can read the whole thing it's available on our website if you'd like to read that uh, but I, I don't necessarily God g- believes God speaks in years in, in a sense calendar years but more seasons and one of the, the way one of the, the ways that God grows us into maturity is the ability to determine times and seasons in our life uh, and I only know one, other way, one way to get there, and that is through continual fellowship with the Lord. The Lord will often speak things weeks and months and years in advance. And when he speaks, most of the time it's impossible given our current circumstances, but it's also our responsibility to steward the moment and believe it will take place. That's for somebody here tonight. And so uh, I wasn't playing on that, but that's a little, uh, <laughs> little caveat there. But uh, this is what the Lord said, uh, December the 27th, 2022. This is a season in which I will visit local assemblies as never before. And I believe the meaning of that was local bodies, local churches, local communities. What qualifies something to be part of the, the uh, Ecclesia, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What qualifies it is that God has called a man or woman to birth something that is part of the local church. And if they can meet in a tent, they can meet under a tree, they can meet in a house, as long as God birthed it and there's a leadership there, uh, I know that people have been hurt or misunderstood or even abused Sometimes even in leadership, but no, I know that never happens. But here, the, my point in saying that is, it doesn't take out the design by which God designed a community to meet. That's why He fights it so often. It's like it's like throwing out, uh, in a sense, because sometimes uh, uh, nice people who don't understand. I'll say it like that. See, this is a really nice way to say it. They, you know, I'll say to them, I, I, I said, well, where, where do you connect as a community? And they'll say, I, I am the church. I go, that's, not, that's not in the Bible. That's like saying, I don't have a family. Everybody has a mother and father. Now, they might be good or bad, but the, the, the whole point is uh, only a mom and dad can lead a family. Only someone God has called can lead a community of people and disciple. Them. And it says, we are the body of Christ. That's why... The, the, uh, the emphasis in Paul, at least three times he says it in his letters, is many members, one body. And the, the reason we want to emphasize this point, which I didn't mean, I didn't know I was going to emphasize it this long, is this the greatest representation comes through a group of people who are moving in the same direction in a community known as the body of Christ. Jesus cannot be properly represented without the people of God being one with each other. As great as certain expressions might be, as great as one ministry might be in demonstrating the gospel and discipling people, they are still insufficient in representing Jesus to the nations of the earth in the manner he intends it to be be represented. That's why I encourage you not to make decisions as Americans, but make decisions as people putting God first and finding out where God has called you. Some people, you, I, I say you should move to where God is connecting you with a community, not move where a job is. Some people move for the job and then try and find the community, and then they go, there's no, there's no good churches here. Because <laughs> the foundation of decision was distorted. Now it's okay, God's really kind. Like he'll, he'll use, you know, in a sense, he'll leverage when we don't know things. But now you know, so you can't move here. You can't move from Wilmington unless God sends you, (laughs) or you could, but anyway, this is a season that as my people come close to me, I will visit local churches in an unprecedented manner. I'm coming with power to local assemblies that have been built according to the divine pattern. I will come in an unprecedented power to local bodies, both big and small, both traditional and non-traditional. I will have my way, and I will come in unprecedented power. One of the reasons that excited me about what I saw at Asbury was that God has told me for a number of years, you're going to know that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is really ramping up when you see I'm going to move among mainline evangelicals. The heavens are open to the bodies in the earth whose ears and hearts are given for my purposes. You can believe me for an unprecedented power to be released in your midst and for the will of God to be done. That, That word unprecedented keeps coming up in my heart on several things. The Lord keeps saying unprecedented, unprecedented revelation, unprecedented miracles, unprecedented visitations and habitations. Seasons of just times of worship and prayer are coming. Seasons of powerful prophetic preaching are coming. Unprecedented miracles and physical signs, fragrances, and unusual wet weather patterns. These will be signs of an unprecedented glory coming to my people. And so we're here. We're experiencing that, but there is always more. But I want to make this point because I, I thought, I've thought for, <laughs> I think a lot about these things because I I, want to be a proper steward and live correctly in the time we live in. But we want to make this point tonight, and that's this. The outpouring for God's people is to create a culture where the outpouring is normal. The goal is not more power. The goal is not more glory. The goal is not more prophetic words. All that stuff is included, but the goal—all that stuff just makes us in the place of normal. And so, in that environment, that is the normal environment of God. So realize it is a correct cry to um, to ask God for more, but this atmosphere is supposed to be the atmosphere of normalcy, and so in this atmosphere, God created this atmosphere for our own transformation so that we would go from glory to glory. Realize the reason we cry for more is because inside of us, and we'll touch on this in just a moment, inside of us, we have been created to be continually transformed. So, uh, make a make a very deep theological point here, and that's this, God is perfect. Genius level teaching tonight. God is perfect, but you you make that point because God created, God perfectly created humanity. Think about that. I always call Genesis 1 the divine design, and that divine design still has not changed. God has not changed the way he created humanity. And so God is perfect. Everything he creates is perfect. And this is just a really important point for me that just is really, really highlighted. And that's this, that the enemy and everything taking place in this world is, is they're, they're even the evil taking place is not a creation of the devil. He can only create what was, he can, excuse me, he can only distort what was originally there. Music, it's a creation of God. It's been distorted. Arts, entertainment, paintings, beauty, were all created by God for his glory. That's been distorted by the enemy. And so God creates us in perfection in the garden, creates humanity in the garden, and he creates us in his image, which is a shadow, pattern, imblance, resemblance, pattern, likeness, a model. It's interesting because we know that the image of God in man was, uh, well, let's just touch on this point, even in perfection. So we can agree that Adam and Eve were created in perfection. Okay, we'll agree. Bishop's going to agree with me. So, but even in perfection, he was not comp- com- he he did not he was not created in the optimal state that God saw him. God saw way more for him. He was to have an eternity of growing in the knowledge of God, being educated by God, being transformed. And out of his listen to me, Linda. Out of his experience of God, out of his knowledge of God, out of the revealed knowledge of God. How do you know God is unending? He's unending in understanding. And so, in this, in the he, he gives two commands, and immediately, as God, un, as as Adam understands God and his creation, he's able to be God's representative in the earth. But and this is why I always say, if you read Genesis the uh, the second chapter, there is gold, there is onyx, there is beauty. Many scholars believe that there is such a glory in original creation that the the weight. The literal weight of God's presence was in that, that is original creation, but it was supposed to extend for generation after generation. And Adam was created for eternal influence that his children's children would continue in the momentum of the knowledge of God. So as humanity saw God and understood his creation, they would govern the earth through complete dependence upon him, but they were growing in the knowledge of God and growing in transformation. Think about it. Think think about what he told them. Subdue the earth, have dominion. Notice that God still owned the earth but he gave, he gave man stewardship of it. Right. Notice, too, that God does, never gave any person dominion over other people. He gave them dominion over all the earth. If you, I mean, we, we, easy, easy data study, right? Humans are wired for freedom. Right. On. We saw this story, you know, like, They're shut down. Okay, I'm going to go over there where they'll let me live my life. That is an innate human thing. Nobody likes to be oppressed. So he tells them, subdue the earth, have dominion. You are the authority. You, you, you through, through me, and then what does he tell him? He tells him something very interesting, right? He tells them, or he brings the animals to him, and he, he watches to see what he would do. That's very interesting to me. You think about it. Uh, we know that Adam, up until that time, never named animals. So he's doing something he's never done before. So part of walking with God is as you learn from Him and are transformed in your thinking, you are, listen to me, Hector, you are invited to do things you've never done before. So even they're perfected, they're still growing in this beauty that God has created them to be. So we're, we're, we're created for this transfer, and, and humanity longs for this transformation. I, I was saying image, likeness, representative. One of the things we know that uh, very quickly in the earth, as sin came in the earth, is that uh, pagans, and obviously when, when God speaks Abraham, Abraham, it, it, to have one God in the world at that time was, was very shattering because every, every other culture had many gods. And so what they would do is, it's kind of funny, right? It's funny to us as Americans. We, you know, they had visible idols. We just have idols people can't see. <laughs> you know, it sounds funny that they would think, like they would create, you know, like a, a statue or something and they're worshiping this statue. They were creating Images. Images. When the image of man was distorted... He will try and find a God made in his own image somewhere else. We're all looking for that God. That's the point of that. But God puts something inside of us that, that, that instinctively wants to grow, instinctively wants to change. I love uh, Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes 3.11. I read how the Amplified, and I'm reading how the Amplified so it makes it louder. Verse 11, he has made everything and beautiful and and appropriate in its time. Now, this is the part that's often looked at. He has planted, and the the reason, you'll you'll see why, I love how uh, they put this here. He has planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart. Eternity there means uh, distant past, distant future, and something forever. In the hum- a mysterious, and I love how he puts this, a mysterious longing, or the translator put it in for the Amplified, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Amen. So when you were created, and, and I, I just, because there's scriptural uh, foundation for this. I don't know how he does this, but he's, he, he's really smart. He's like beyond genius level. Like he, it says he knew us all before the world began. And we're made in his image. And so there's something, I believe, I don't know how it is, but it's like God sees people from eternity past. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to put this guy Bring him to the earth, December 9th, 1977. And it's like, I'm the one who's creating that personality. I'm the one who is going to make him like certain things. And there are places in eternity that I'm placing inside of him. I'm going to give him this deep desire to discover, to create this part of me. And there's only parts of me that I can satisfy in this human being. But out of knowing me, I'm going to make him a gift to the world through his knowledge of me. And he sees every one of you like that. That's why there's something. No, really. That's why I say this whole distortion sometimes. uh, And I understand what they're saying. People will hear certain gospel truths that I call often recovered. And like that's new age. No, new age distorted the biblical truth of that reality. Now, the offensive part to most human beings, and you see this all the time, what, what is one of the, the top, I, I, I use this workout app, uh, that's why I look good, you know, amen. So, uh, but but what, they, they twist biblical concepts. They're like, this is the most, you know, welcoming community and you be you. What is the body of Christ supposed to be? A welcoming community. Encouraging people to be themselves. But here's the difference between that lie and this truth. The offensive thing to people is you're in need of a God. You're not a God. You've fallen short, and you need something outside of yourself. You are not a God unto yourself. You cannot create your own future. You can't take parts of the kingdom and add them to your life. There's not many ways to God. The cross did it all. But... But I want to tell you, I told somebody, I told told somebody like, God, you know, that's just very, very close-minded. Yes, I'm very close-minded, but I'm born again. But here's the other part about that. You're the one believing the lie. You're the one believing the lie. Because you think to surrender to one God, you'll somehow lose uh, distinction or identity. No, to lose and to surrender is the greatest gain, is the greatest hope. Is the greatest life. That's the biggest, like, you know, I just, I just uh, you know, that's honestly years as a kid I grew up, I believe that lie. Like, if I go all in for God, I'm gonna have to go to like Africa, I'm going to Africa next week, but I'm gonna have to like, like, I'm gonna like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna suffer, 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 suffer. My life, my life is gonna be horrible. But one day, praise God, I'm going to be taken away. Because we were Pentecostal. You know, we flew away. So. But that's a lie, right? So, though we were created perfect, we are created to be perfectly transformed. I I remember uh, hearing... Uh, Bill Johnson, and he, he was talking about his lineage and how, as a kid, he would, uh, he would really be interested in listening to his relatives talk about the moves of God. And he said there was a phrase that I remember hearing as a kid when they would talk about the moves of God. They would say, it was like heaven on earth. He said, it always jumped out to me. And I, and I was remembering this phrase when I was thinking about this concept the normalcy of moves of God. All these different moves of God, that is particularly the last 120 years, they were all given to us as gifts to teach us what a normal gathering is for the people of God. I remember uh, fall of 1997. I remember walking into my first renewal meeting and... uh, I remember I'd never seen anything like that. I remember, you know, there's people laughing in the back, and there, you know, and it's all sorts of very interesting things that I'd never seen before. I had seen some stuff as Pentecostal, but not like this. And I wasn't quite, you you know, your mind, you know, what's going on here? But as soon as the worship started, there was such a glory. And I thought to myself, I don't know what this is but I will live the rest of my life pursuing what's in this room. So the glory. I remember uh, sitting, uh, if you ever wanted a really good example, I think they're still on YouTube, but during that time, uh, Pastor Benny Hinn was doing these miracle crusades in arenas. And there was lots of miracles. But really what that thing was, that was like six hours no exaggeration, of like, a, I remember the first time walking into Reynolds Coliseum at NC State, and I thought, this is not of this world. This presence, this weight, and all of that was invitations for normal. I remember uh, being with Dr. Kingsley Fletcher, I think he just had a service like this, but up in Durham, and people would fly in from, I, I was so blessed, I, I had a personal relationship, but people would fly in from all the world these Sunday nights, and he would Prophesy over prophecy all these accurate words and people waiting. All that's normal. That encouragement. Why? You're created to hear the voice of God. You're created to be encouraged. You're created to be affirmed. You're created not just in those moments to visit, like, wow, I just, you know, I felt like I was really overwhelmed and I came tonight and just feel that. That is your invitation to normal. Those were invitations to a normal way of life because they, they model how God originally intended us to live. That glory that they lived in. The reason they think that glory, that's why Genesis 2 says they, you know, if you're from, this, from Fayetteville, you say naked. If you're from the north, you say naked. You know, they're naked and not ashamed. A lot of people think they actually couldn't physically see each other's bodies because of the glory. It's not expressly found in Scripture, but it's, 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 it's definitely a, 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 a interpretation you can have. So everybody, and, and you, you every person in this room, whether born again or not, particularly if you're born again, you should be longing for these things. But you were created to know His voice. You were created to live from a place of rest. You were created to be affirmed in love. You were created to see problems as an opportunity for miraculous intervention. Think about your life, and, and I encourage you, I think our talks should, should lead to some vision, but I encourage you to take some time over the next 24 hours. But see yourself not, with, not without any problems, because Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation. But he also said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. See yourself overcoming with God's help every difficulty. See yourself not getting overwhelmed when people say unkind things to you. See yourself as one who continually forgives. See yourself as a miracle giver everywhere you go. See yourself in divine health ministering the miraculous to other people. See your whole family saved. See every choice you make affecting generations to come. See yourself displaying brilliance you never thought was possible. See yourself living in purpose as never before, thriving. See yourself with no needs because he said he would supply all of your needs. See yourself as a resource house. See your bank account with millions and millions of dollars that you're this storehouse for Joseph. See yourself with insight and understanding to understand what to do and when to do it in every situation. See yourself with favor like you've never seen you. The reason you need to see yourself is that's how God sees you. You're like, I'm not living there. Well, he, his desire is for transformation. Transformation. See yourself as a transformed person consistently. I have a mentor of mine. He told the story. And uh, he said he was fairly early in his ministry. and He travels all over the world. And he said that he had finished some meetings in California. And uh, this... Uh, this man came to him and said, hey, are you doing anything for lunch tomorrow? And uh, he said, no. And the man brought him to this restaurant. He said he couldn't even read most things on the menu. He ordered for him. The man was very, very wealthy. And he showed him, I own this property, I own that property. And, I, you know, this is, these are some things that God has given me. And then he brought him to his office and he just had this beautiful office. And he got to know the man as the years went on. But he went home. And he said, God, what what was all, because the man said to him, you know something about uh, the Bible in relation to biblical prosperity. Can you teach me some things? And he said, God, what was that all about? He said, there is a never exhausting understanding of growing in knowledge. Meaning this man, who in a sense had achieved something, still wanted to learn. And there's always more.